Good afternoon. Welcome to the Channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. An interesting market trade once again. I think I've been kind of stuck in that loop of saying that as of late. But we saw the struggle coming in on the soybean side of the trade. Wheat had some excitement once again when it came to some purchase potential. And then the corn is just, I don't know, just the corn is how some have described it to me. We're going to find out what's happening both grain and livestock today with John Payne. John joins us with Hedgepoint Global Markets and, of course, HedgepointHub.com. And let's kind of start out with, with what we saw in the soybean complex today, John. Some lower numbers in the trade. Is this a trend we're going to see for the rest of the week? Well, you know, you've seen crush come come down a lot. You know, the meals come off and the oil really never rallied. So that snapback trade that I think a lot of folks were thinking, you know, we'd see meal sell off, oil would rally. We've just seen meal sell off. So you've got the, the U.S. crush, which is the domestic crush, coming down. Um, you know, I don't. it's it's still rather high at $1.50 or so, but it's not the 210 that it was a couple of weeks ago where, you know, even with beans upwards of 14, the, the crush margins were up. Uh, the second thing is China, and we've seen some pretty negative action out of Chinese hogs over the last couple of weeks. Uh, it was reported, and this could be good for the U.S. markets, but it was reported they're going to increase their, their pork procurement uh, reserve program. So I think that tells the market that they're not having a good time of it when it comes to hog production. Their industry is still battling the ASF you know, problems that have set them back you know, back in 2018, and they still kind of continue to battle that. Uh, and then they have economic problems as well, so you're seeing a slowing of forward growth. So solid sol liquidation there uh, points towards the, you know, I guess a trimming of need of beans. I don't know if they'll continue to buy at the rate they have been. Uh, what they have been buying has been a lot of soybeans from Brazil. Uh, the U.S. crush margins versus Brazil beans really aren't there. So to be bearish here, that's where you're going to look. You're going to say, well, we need, um, you know, we just have too much supply right now for what Brazil wants or for what China wants, and then Brazil is going to beat us at the poor price. If you're going to be bullish, though, you really want to look at what the numbers are in the U.S. in, in regards to supply, and we'll find out a little more about that. The USDA will touch on it in the WASDE report on Friday, but the next report will come uh, in January, and that'll be grain stocks as well as uh, as the WASDE. So we've got a couple of weeks to wait on that, but that would be the one if you are bullish. You kind of want to hold on and, and with the hopes that the USDA trims old crop supply into that. And you, you talk about that, and that WASDE report of, of Friday should be pretty much a, a – quiet type of information coming out with just that focus on more on South America. Yeah. So 10 years ago, you know, you and I probably weren't talking about much about South American uh, supplies, but now, you know, it, it's, it's a covered market. So there's a lot of analysts. We do our own estimates. There's a lot of estimates that are out there. So that they've really front run this report. So the report on Friday, maybe the USDA changes some things on the U S side. I don't know they, they can do whatever they want, but in regards to the, the Brazilian supplies, that's really where the watching will be, um, just in regards to what how aggressive they cut the crop there. But most of the, the private forecasters have already cut estimates there. Um, and in reality, you know, we've seen production, or I've said the weather has improved. So, you know, at this point, it really comes down to acreage, I think. And, uh, you know, they could adjust that, and there's a lot of things they could change. But I don't think you're going to see the market structure change at all from from friday's report you know you look at this wheat complex and for the most part it's been kind of on the quiet side and now we've got china uh really doing a lot of purchases of u.s wheat and even japan saying hey we're looking for food grade yeah the milling wheat in egypt was involved as, as well today so i think you know the board in chicago has been just hammered uh well going back to thanksgiving but just over the last seven sessions, I think we've rallied on the, the March contract close to 80 cents. 
So, you know, short covering, I think, is, can be a theme here. And you mentioned corn earlier. Uh, short covering can be a theme in corn as well. I just think you're just lacking that impetus. Um, but on the wheat, you know, first notice day is going to be an enemy for anybody holding supply. So we'll fast forward now. We just had our first notice day in December 1st. The, the next one will come March 1st. So between now and March 1st, you know, the board is going to have to do what it can to try to pry bushels away from, from producers. If they've stored it through the delivery period in December, they're most likely going to hold it here, uh, either for reasons of taxes, not needing revenue, or just simply the price is too low. So you have that combined with the Chinese coming in and buying. That's a very good signal and blowing out a lot of shorts here. This is just not the time of the year. You want to be too short wheat, uh, you know, winter kill and all the rumors that can come along in the northern hemisphere. Uh, and then also over in Europe, there's there's problems with the crop there. Like Genuine didn't get it planted. I think we saw Mars, which is the USDA of Europe, uh, come out with a number that was like 85% got in the ground before these ones. So, you know, there's going to be a short crop there. Um, and that's, you know, price is going to be the arbiter as far as who, who can buy ahead. It's a gamble for those who want to hold it till delivery, I think, for March. But right now you've got some clear clear upside, I think. Maybe we can get that KC wheat back to 7 bucks. But beyond that, I just don't think you're going to see the prices uh, too much higher. You look at the tender offers we've seen from um, from the US, uh, from Egypt this morning. It was like 250 to 260 which isn't anything different than we've seen the last couple of rounds. Uh, and then if you want to be really bearish, you look at the war in Ukraine. And there's some tea leaves that you can read in the newspapers the last couple of weeks that have you know, kind of changed the, t- the tone uh, in regards to what's going to happen there. And I think we're we're settling into an idea that, that the borders are going to change in Ukraine and, and, you know, where it is now might be where we'd be. And then, you know, if there'd be any reason why the Russian wheat would get west, that would be another reason to sell. But at this point, I think, you know, from what I mentioned, first notice day would be, you know, you have some, some wiggle room between now and we'll call it the end of January before uh, folks start to kind of plan what's going to be held in the spring. As you look before we uh, head to break and you look at this corn market, is it just kind of lack of news for them at this point? Yeah, well, I mean, you have a huge spread carry between December, which is still trading. It's in delivery, so not a lot of speculation in it. But we settled today around 470, and then you have the front month march up around 492, 490. So a $0.20 spread isn't bullish there. But the same reasons I mentioned with wheat, like the market's got to pry it from the hands now from the farmer. China did buy, not U.S. supply. They bought Ukrainian wheat. Uh, I think they paid 215 a metric ton, so that's that's a pretty good price point. Um, the U.S. has offered around 230 out of our ports, so I think you're going to see the U.S. steadfast here for the short term. Corn prices somewhere between, you know, we'll call it 480 and five dollars. I think to get above five bucks and really run into that range we traded in October for the March, we're going to need to see confirmed problems from South America. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming up. Stick around the second half of the channel final bell just around the corner here on the World Radio Network. Fontenelle Hybrids and the other regional brands, along with Channel Seed, are merging in 2025, and we're ready to up your seed game. Here's Channel Seed professional Dustin O'Hanlon from Lexington. I'm extremely excited about this, to see the focus of taking all 11 brands and moving into one, and combining the knowledge that we've got into one brand, and bringing every bit of that together so we can have one focus, which is taking care of our growers. For more, contact your local Channel Seed professional. Final Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with John Payne. Of course, John is with Hedgepoint Global Markets. Anything else? We're kind of really hitting heavy on those grains on the front half. Anything else that you want folks to kind of keep in mind as we get ready for the second half of this week? Well, the livestock markets are um, specifically feeder cattle. That's kind of the topic du jour here in Chicago, just given the massive sell-off we've seen, call it going back to Halloween, 
where you know we topped out there north of 270 on some of the spring contracts, and now we find ourselves down around 220, sub 220. I would be careful here selling. I think we're in a hole, and I think the market could close rather quickly. You look at where the index is. The index trades, we'll call it 223. might be a little bit down from there. But if you look at the front month here, 10 under, we haven't been under $10 under the index, but one or two times in the last five or six years. And one of those times was like the low put in during COVID. So I think at this point, it's, it's really comes down to money flow. And there's just, I, I can't really put my finger on it. I think it's more of an LRP thing. You've got a lot of insurance buying happening on the, on the private exchanges there. And that is relating to selling because they got to hedge that somehow. And I think they're using the board to do it. So I think for the short run here, we want to watch that cash beef price. That'll that'll really lead us up. If the cash price can rally, that'll lead live up. I think the Packers want to buy here. They need to buy, but you know they've been very picky uh, to a degree. Uh, you've got some economic data that scares the trade as well. But in the standpoint here, we've we've gone from almost record long feeder ca- or live cattle to now almost not short, but you know we're we're to a price here where you're like, well, if it got back here, you you got to kind of put your foot in the ground and. You know, you'll get those spring prices here. If we could see beef come back uh, into the spring and trade north of 300 again, I think you're going to see profit margins there. The April should be, you know, well above where we are right now. It's just a money flow trade. So, you know, everything I'm saying, I would have said five or six dollars higher. But you know, you got to be able to hold on here. And I think a lot of folks are trading with margin in mind. You know, they get margin calls and they want to get out of those calls, so they're shorting the board to protect themselves. And that is going to end up ugly, in my opinion. It just might take a couple of weeks to get through it. So. Short term here, that's the big trade. Um, I mentioned China earlier with the hogs in the other segment. Um, you know, the Chinese hogs have been liquidated heavily on, on the Dalian exchange over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I think the U.S. hogs maybe follow that a little bit, but we might see some big digital pork business from that. So, um, you know, I think this is a time where you want to be a little more careful in the markets, uh, not to get a huge direction for 24 quite yet. Um, you know, April hogs are one that I watch rather closely here and up upwards of eighty dollars i'd be a little i'd be ready to maybe move some product but in the case of the summer months i'm still not ready to be a seller yet you know i know the supplies will grow and you know we might be looking up at at 95 dollars for that summer contract trades but um there's some there's some optimism here when it comes to supply i think eventually we work through these sows and uh, the market will trade higher at some point here as we get to the end of the year now john you talk about this cattle complex and there's not a lot of saturday kills uh, taking place as of now. How current? I think they're 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 ready to move more. I think they're they're probably behind a little bit. I think the packing margins and all those earnings that came out gave them, you know, some pause there and the ability to do some maintenance and maybe slow the trade. I've heard some folks think they need to move they need to slow that kill down to six hundred K a week rather than six thirty, which is where you've been, but I don't think they're gonna operate that way. I think that you'll see that that kind of game of prisoners develop the dilemma develop where somebody will move and, and they'll move because they've got a darn near $15 break in the live. Uh, you know, the spring markets are, are still stout. And I just think the buy side, which are the, you know, the end users of beef, like we're discounting here and I think it's moving. And I think you're going to see some of the, the, the quick serve restaurants and some of the bigger players that want to hedge are going to start to lock in Q1, just given the uncertainty that can be there for beef. Um, you know, the economy in the U S is still pretty good. I know we're going to talk about job slowing, but, I think we're still double what we were in 2007 in regards to job openings. So um, I'm not uh, I'm not super bearish here on the beef, and I'm not really bearish on the live. And that would tell you to probably be looking to buy feeder cattle just based on the idea that packing margin or feeding lot margins have gone up over the last couple of months, like drastically so in some some of the markets. So 
If you're a feedlot out there, this is an opportunity, I think, to lock in some, some certainty, at least on, on the call side, if anything, uh, maybe 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 pricing some, some head. So what about consumer confidence at this point? Well, the measurements are going to be down just given where we've been, you know, the, the, it's, it's kind of a relative measure. You know, things were so good for the consumer in 21 and 22 um, that, you know, the, the efforts taken by the Federal Reserve to kill, kill the trade to a degree, I mean, they've really tried to do that, have worked. And now we're at a 3% CPI or uh, core PCE number, which is the one the Fed watches. You know, I think we're going to, we're going to see them start to slow a little bit. That is being priced in here, but, you know, look at the stock market going up. you got assets like gold and Bitcoin that are rallying. I think commodities can perform here. I, I do. I don't think that this is a, a market I would be too – I'd be careful to sell too much too quickly. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Well, in two ways. You can call me, 773-848-0320. Just shoot me a text message. You can be added to my uh, – I do like some beef and cattle stuff uh, and hog stuff every week. I can add you to that list. Otherwise, we have a new product out called the Hedgepoint Hub, which is a, a place you can sign up and sign, for, sign up for a trial. And it's, these are, these are uh, folks that do this product for us in South America. All right. Sounds good. That has been today's channel final bell. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. Listening to the Rural Radio Network.